Hello and welcome to the Becoming Home podcast. I'm Joe and I'm Charlene, where our goal is to create safe space for growth and healing using healthy conversations that bridge generational gaps. This episode gets pretty deep, sometimes pretty emotional, it might be a tear or two. <laughs> we get into some spiritual trauma, old messaging, how to work through that trauma, redefining our core identity to have strength to even try something new. Yeah, this episode is a great example of how we're becoming home for one another by getting vulnerable and feeling safe as we hold space for each other. If someone's listening and they don't come from a religious or spiritual perspective, this episode is still for you. It speaks to going within and finding inner strength to form your own personal identity. Yeah, it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed recording it. It's kind of where the magic started to come out for us in this conversation about trying new things and all the things that we uh, come up against with new things in our lives. Uh, but this next episode, after uh, today's episode, episode four, we're going to get into more uh, difficult topics around handling fear and trying new things. Um, we're also going to get into some practical advice on routines to help rewire your subconscious, rewire old memories, um, things that help clear out fear and anxiousness surrounding getting into new things. So definitely come back and join us for episode four. But for now, enjoy this somewhat uh, deep episode on trauma. Somebody was tired of whatever. And now we have something else because their imagination kicked in. And they started to dream about that. And he was talking about how like, you know, our imaginations are these moments where God has put new ideas into us and given us inspiration for what could be. He's like, why do you keep dreaming that you want a second home? Because God wants you to have that, you know, like, mm. why wow. do you have these imaginations of being a stay at home mom? Because God wants you to have that, you know, yeah. like we, I don't know, for me anyway, I think sometimes, you know, God's kind of like this out there thing. So I go back and forth just because I have a very long history with a lot of it and I'm reworking and rethinking a lot of it right now. And that's a big theme of my life right now is what does God really want? Like how much agency does God have over my choices and my um, imaginations and my creation, my co-creation with him? Am I really doing that? Like, I don't know. There's all these things. But so in the topic of newness, like how do I know I'm in line with what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm. You know, so there's, there's this stuff of like, okay, I have an idea. I want to try something new. Boom. All the limiting beliefs kick in. I got to deal with all of those. I got to become the who before I start doing, I have to like, so that's part of this moment too, where the who before the do, right? Like I have to know, um, where, who am I to God? Who am I to the universe? Because for me, a big theme is, am I, am I in line with God's will or am I not in line with God's will? Mm. Like I have a will, God has a will. Um, because I've been told for so long, like, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen. So then I have to like evaluate this whole moment of like, 
okay, well, I have this dream, I have this thing in my imagination, but if God doesn't want it to happen, it's a waste of my time because I'll just be spinning my wheels because it's not going to happen if God doesn't want it to happen. And so how do I find this place of like going, feeling secure and confident in pursuing the thing I want to do if I'm not sure if God actually wants me to do that thing? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a fear of of God causing us to fail, basically, of like, is God going to, does God care about my dreams even? Mm. And I feel like <laughs> I keep finding myself, it's really funny that you're on the end of it because I'm on the exact opposite. I'm like, <laughs> I just run into anything. I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. If not, woohoo. <laughs> well, it's behind me now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Hakuna Matata. Off we go. <laughs> I'm like, love that. it's so funny because I, I do feel like I've been in that place a lot of like, oh no, what if? And I, I had a friend who believed that you could step outside of God's will. Mm-hmm. And it was really scary when she talked about that. She's like, you know, what if you're outside of God's will? I'm like, what do you mean? I go to mm-hmm. church every Sunday. I worship Jesus. I pray like, what am I doing? And she's mm. like, you know, what if what if this person steps outside of God's will? Then th- what then? I'm like, I don't know. Mm. And one day I just, I think it was just, I was kind of just reveling in God's love for us and how like he doesn't not care. Mm. And if he really wants it to happen, then it will happen. And if it's not going to happen, then what's going to happen is better than my wildest dream. And what's crazy is I watched my whole life go down the drain like two years ago. And I was like, wow, that's that's a pile of crap right there. And Mm. it's just going to be bad. And what am I even doing? And here I am two years later living a better life than I've ever expected to be living. Mm. And I feel like that's one of the biggest examples of um, why I'm willing to run into things now is because Mm. I've seen God work through my pile of crap. Mm. I've seen God work through my life flowing down the drain actively mm. for several months. And God is being like, you'll be all right. <laughs> give, <laughs> give it a couple of years. Gotcha, girl. And mm. I feel like that's where I've landed now where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just, he'll, he'll figure it out and I'm going to have fun. <laughs> mm. And it may not always be fun and there's going to be mistakes and it's not always going to be pretty, but I know what my dreams are. I know what my desires are. I know who I'm in line with. Good enough for me. And off mm. I go. Um, but yeah, I want to hear more about like how you've navigated like that idea of God's will and wanting to do what he wants. Like how, how do you, how do you reach through that towards your dreams? <laughs> I was just sitting here tearing up thinking about your woohoo innocence <laughs> because, and this is the moment where we become home for each other because, you know, you're in your 20s and you have life ahead of you, mm. right? And you're hopeful and like, woohoo, let's go, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm nearing 50 and I have a lot of life behind me. Mm. I often refer to it as like an Olympic size pool of experience evidences of things and because there's been this overarching mm, I 
really want to use the word pervasive, (laughs) this pervasive teaching of God's will and, um, what God's will should look like and what does it mean to be in God's will and, um, how I need to behave because it's God's will that I X, Y, Z. God's will is that I be this kind of Christian wife. God's will is that I be that kind of Christian mom. God's will is that, you know, fill it in from institutional Western religious culture. There's a lot of really great things that I experienced and I pull from that. And, you know, I'm learning to find the joy in a lot of my past experience um, that has a lot of trauma mixed in with it. Um, But I am sort of deconstructing the trauma. So I'm sort of in the middle of your question. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm really in the middle of looking at my life as sometimes feeling stuck, looking at it and seeing the big pile of crap. Mm. (laughs) You know, because like I can't, I'm, 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 I'm prone to like get kind of stuck in my failures or my mistakes. And I have so many of them at this point, you know, like almost 50, I've done a lot of things. You know, we were laughing last night because I have police records in two different countries. Like (laughs) some things are very absurd, you know, (laughs) that, uh, is in that pool of experience, but some things are glorious and beautiful too. Mm. And I'm only just now learning of this thing that you speak of (laughs) (laughs) where at the end of the day, God loves me. Mm. Right. Yeah. I didn't grow up with my father as an active part of my life. He was always somewhere else. We weren't close. We didn't communicate much. And I saw God that way. I have Mm. seen God that way for most of my life, that he's kind of out there, ethereal, sort of the ruling fist of the universe. Um, And I'm only in the last handful of years redefining that and trying to synthesize he and Jesus. Like, Jesus is always like the, you know, the lamb, the gentle, the kind, the loving, you know, and God's like the murderous angry god of the old (laughs) testament right and they were two very distinct different people but i'm learning now that jesus is a perfect reflection of god Mm. he's the embodiment of what god was so how do i connect those two pieces and in so doing that that's that's kind of what's helping me redefine the will of god because Jesus is the perfect word. Jesus, I mean, I like the Bible, but Jesus is the word of God. And so I have to look at him to figure out. And and by the way, I believe Jesus, for anyone listening, like, I don't want people to like, okay, this is where I check out because I... I have this belief that, you know, we'll we'll unpack more and more as future episodes come, but... I have this belief that Jesus answers things far before he was ever on the scene. Mm -hmm. So I, I just have this belief that 
God loves all people and has been reaching out to all people, not just Jewish people, but all people in all time and space, and has showed up for people either by the name Jesus or otherwise in a way that they can understand and they can grasp and they can see truth and they can see who Jesus is essentially. Mm. Truth, love, acceptance, wholeness, you know, all those things. That's who I believe Jesus is. And so there's a very different um, belief system that says Jesus is these things and not these things. And I don't subscribe to that. But anyway, so stick stick in there. Like, don't, <laughs> don't check out if you, you know, have, you, we'll, we'll get there. But all that to say, like, I, I'm trying to figure out how to approach something new and balance or, or like have confidence in approaching something new mm. that I don't have to attach any kind of spiritual God's will or not to the thing. Like really what has helped me get to this point where we're recording this first moment with this podcast and we're going to put this out into the world for um, someone else to hear what has got me to this place is really coming back to myself and coming back to um what am I passionate about like going inside not like looking externally for God not looking externally for other people's definition of God or who God is for me or what it needs to be for me or I don't know, fill in the blank of anything external. It's all been through this journey of going inside and like asking myself and my own spirit, which I believe is God's spirit, asking, okay, what am I passionate about? What, what do you really love to do? Because I've been trying all these things and I've, they've been falling flat for me, to be honest. All these things that I've been trying online the last year and a half, they, they're exciting. They're great. I could do them. Like I'm smart enough to do them. I'm capable enough to do them. And there are meaningful moments within each of the things that I've tried and will still continue to do in some capacity or another. But at the end of the day, they would all fall flat. Mm. And so I just found that I have to kind of go inward and, and start asking the question of who before do, right? Like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I believe I am? Who, where does that belief need to shift a little? Like, are there places where I believe I'm, I'm still incapable or are there places where I believe this or that? Or is it truly a belief or is it just a thought? Mm. Is it just a memory that I have of some past experience where I failed at something? I failed at my marriage. I failed my kids growing up in different ways. I have all this Olympic size evidence of failures, right? Mm. That can speak very, very loudly to, to me today. Right. And it's a, an active, very, very active, uh, concerted effort to, like you said, kind of take a, a 30,000 foot view almost mm. and be like, okay, let's take a look at all these things. Which of these things is true, 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 like capital T true about who I am, who I am is clear, 
confident, compassionate, connected, because that's the core of me. That's who I was created to be. All these other things, all the what ifs, those are experiences I've had or messages that other people have passed on to me or something I've heard here or there or something that I tried and didn't go the way I thought or the way I wanted it to go. Mm. And so I inserted an idea into it that it was a failure. But can I look at that differently? Can I see that from a different perspective? Can I go back to the woohoo, let's Mm. just try it phase of life and be hopeful and Mm. see it for something else? Like, can I see my failed marriage as not a failed marriage? Mm. That's a huge one. Yeah. Because if I only view it as a failure, will I really learn Mm. the things I needed to learn from it in order to then go on and do it a little different the next time? Like, can I see my failures as a mother differently? Mm. Like, is there some journey that me and my kids are on together that really needed that mistake or really needed that to be the way it was? Because we needed to learn something together or individually that would propel us to to help define our who for who we are or is it just you know like this get kind of gets back to that idea of God's will like was it God's will that we made those mistakes was it God's will that bad things happened I don't think so I don't think that's a good dad mm-hmm. I don't think a good dad puts evil into their children for the sake of learning, you know, (laughs) just want you to have trauma so you can be a better person (laughs) like that. No one would define a good parent that way. Right. Mm. So that can't be God's will for me to have had trauma, for me to have a failed marriage, for me to have committed the mistakes that I committed or to have experienced the mistakes that my ex committed. Like those aren't of God, God's will, right? I, I I reject that. Some people might say differently, but for me personally, I reject that. But what has God done or what can God do in those traumas, mm-hmm. in those painful places, in those mistakes, failures, to bring about something new? Yeah. Because God is all about creating and newness and it's so exciting for us to be able then to jump in that space and woohoo let's go let's create something new so kind of yeah like being able to just set down this predetermined space that God's will is immovable God's will is already known God's will is set in stone he's got his mind made up about my future like I have to almost set that stuff aside because that's what I've been told my whole life in you know western Christian major institutional world and I I'm in this place where I have to kind of set that aside and just be like okay what if I could think of it differently what if I could be a co-creator 
Mm. with God? What if God is all knowing in the sense that he knows every possibility? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But is it set in stone that I'm going to choose a certain path? Because then am I really a free agent? Then Mm. am I, do I really have free will at that point? Like it's, it's pretty deep stuff, but I don't know. I think I'm, I'm just learning to kind of allow myself to have the possibility to think in a new perspective. In the end, I may reject one or the other, but am I even allowing myself to be open to that other perspective? At least you can ask those questions with freedom. Mm -hmm. I feel like what I'm rediscovering with this conversation is how much success and failure are idolized. Mm. And I think that's even, even so much so within the church in of itself, because it's, it's spoken of like, you know, you don't want to sin or fall short of the glory of God because it's, it's all over the Bible of, you know, you sin, God punishes you, you sin, God punishes you, but you don't sin, God rewards you. Like, oh, awesome. Of course we all want that. But, um, Jesus came and sacrificed himself and became a timeless, forgivable, like now we're we're like forgivable on this timeless timeline. Like (laughs) there is no time on that. And it's not whether you succeed in all things or whether you make a mistake and you completely fail. Like I totally failed two years ago, my whole life down the drain. (laughs) Um, and it was one of those moments where it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> where it's like, I'm going to freak out because nothing's going my way right now. Um, and I, I, I felt the shame of someone who was looked upon by the church and judged mm-hmm. of, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. And yeah, I probably wouldn't make those mistakes again, but it was feeling like such a failure and feeling like failure in and of itself was was just like wrong and like like god's love couldn't reach my failure Mm. and i feel like that's where where a lot of people idolize this success and they put it on this pedestal of like oh be successful and and do the right things and Mm. be this amazing god breathing person it's like well i can be even when i mess up Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day i can make seventeen thousand mistakes and at the end of the day guess what god still loves me Mm -hmm. that's so cool like (laughs) yeah like crazy i love that you use that term success is idolized like are we idolizing the right thing what is success Mm -hmm. like we're idolizing we're putting ahead the wrong thing like (laughs) at the end of the day what the important thing is is exactly what you said to know that I'm loved yeah if I can get to my pillow at night and rest in the thought that I'm loved and that I loved someone else today in an in a beautiful way cool and that's, that is the greatest commandment. Love God, love people. Let's call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's let's success. call that a successful day. If I make it to the end of my life and I'm looking back and I'm able to see that I loved other people, hmm. I loved them well. I made my mistakes. You know, I hurt people. But what did I do with those mistakes? What did I do with those painful moments? Did I go back and apologize? Did I humble myself and be like, I'm so sorry I hurt you? Mm. Have I hurt you in another way that I need to be more aware of? 
like open myself up to hear them say like I, even like not defining their pain for them oh. you know what i'm saying like i i'm sorry i hurt you by doing xyz and the other person's like bro i didn't even <laughs> give a shit about that like that's yeah. not really how you hurt me you know, yeah. let's let's have a real conversation about what actually hurt me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. am I open to hearing that? And then am I able to take the next step of identifying with that, taking ownership of that, taking responsibility for that, and then being different, you know, then like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. If I continue to do that, please tell me because I don't want to do that. Maybe it's a pattern in me that I have because of some trauma or the way I was treated or whatever. And so maybe there's this really crappy behavior that I am very prone to (laughs) because I've been maybe habitually this way for a very long time. Like for me, criticism is it's hard for me to step out of criticism. I can be so freaking critical. Mm. Because I felt so criticized and I attached the idea of being criticized with that's how a father, that's just how fathers are. And then I attached that to God. That's how God is. God criticizes, punishes, Mm -hmm. right? It's all the same thing. It's just a different form, right? So this is like so deeply ingrained in my experience that it's almost that second nature that just comes out. And I have to, I have to rely on people I love and who I feel secure that love me to help me see that when it comes out, because sometimes I don't see it. It is that kind of second nature, like, oh, that's what's normal, criticalness or criticism or whatever. That's normal behavior, but it's not. And so sometimes I need help redefining that and like being able to see how, how I'm falling short and doing that with people, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of getting off track. No, it's okay. (laughs) Sometimes I go down these rabbit holes. No, it's good though because we, it takes that vulnerability though to talk about like how we fail, you know, mm. and to still be willing to live with ourselves and mm. more than willing to live with ourselves, but to thrive and to still continue on this journey of, hey, I was really critical today, but I learned about it. I apologized. I'm going to change my habits. That's still a successful day. Yeah. And that's like, that's totally still what we're talking about of being able to do all these things in life and just just explore and just to be 100% of who you are. And then to accept what happens, um, but not live defined by what those things are. Like it, just because you fail, it doesn't change who you are. Yeah. I I think that's something that I did a lot in my life was I based my identity on my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a pianist for 15 years and Mm -hmm. I was really, really proud of the work I did, but I had to quit within the first six months of starting because I was so bent on succeeding that every time I made a mistake, I was like, tears. Mm. <laughs> I'm like five years old, crying on the piano mm. bench. And my mom was like, whoa, I cannot handle this child. Like she can't, yeah. she can't handle herself playing piano. So I had to quit. Mm. And then I begged and begged and begged. And we started, you know, started right back up again. And I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. And, you know, then piano competitions come and there's like that tension oh. of, oh, am I going to fail? Am I going to not? You know, of course, yeah. that's something you really, really care about. But I didn't 
place first in any of my piano competitions and i can say to this day i don't care Mm. (laughs) and i think i think it's this crossroads that we get to of if it's something that's small and piano competitions not necessarily small in the moment Mm. but it's the thought of you to stop yourself and be and say like my mom would always say this will you care about this in five years Mm. oh suddenly yeah relief in the scheme of eternity yeah. <laughs> and then there's going to be those yeah. crossroads you come to will i care about this in five years yes mm. oh my goodness i will care so much okay how are we going to care do you care if you've made it like will you care in five years if you never started this side gig mm-hmm. will you care in five years if you're still working your full-time job and suddenly you're like wow that was a side gig i should have started mm-hmm. that could have supported me full-time as a mom right now you know mm. like what will i be thinking in five years if i don't take the opportunities that cross my path because i was just talking to somebody about a side gig i'm looking at right now and i was like i'm just really scared of the risk mm. um there's a lot of risk involved of myself of you know all the things the time commitment and she was like well there's risk the other way too mm-hmm. if you don't take this opportunity yeah. you're risking more yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And it's it's just being able to stand at that crossroads with yourself and know my worth, my value, mm-hmm. who I am, it doesn't change no matter what decision I make here. Mm-hmm. And even if it's the wrong decision, God's still going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's like, oh crap, what did she do? I didn't I didn't know it was going to happen. Like, yeah. God's not sitting in heaven like just like on pins and needles waiting for us to make the right choice. He's just like crafting our journey as we go. Yeah, like co-creating with us, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you use the term wrong decision. I think about like the things that I've tried over the past year. There are three specific things and I'm not actively doing any of those things, but the lessons I learned and the skills I picked up through those things are part of what I'm utilizing I'm using something from all those things in this moment with the podcast like I'm learning systems I've the things I learned in affiliate marketing is helping me create you know a lot of the things surrounding the podcast and you know like dealing with technology and so there are skills so even though I may not be doing actively that thing there are so many things I learned in that experience that I'm bringing with me and bringing forward and using in a different way. And so I think it's really important that as we, you know, we get into trying something new and we, you know, come face to face with our limiting beliefs and then we work on, you know, where do we really begin? We really begin with the who, like, mm-hmm. who am I? Who, where? Because if if this does go south, if this does get weird or I don't end up doing it, who am I that is going to be on the other end of that? Is it still going to be someone I'm proud of? Like Mm. start there, right? Like all the things, all knowing all the details of how to do the actual thing is so less important because when we believe in ourselves and we are centered in that space of love and we are kind of like training ourselves to let go of all that external stuff, if things do go south or don't go as we expected, which they usually don't, right? So mm-hmm. what? who am I going to be in that moment, you know? Yeah. Is, is it someone I'm proud of? Is it someone who's going to be able to take everything I'm learning along the way in my mistakes, in my failures, in my shortcomings, in my whatevers? Can I bring goodness out of those things into? Because that's, that's what God does. Like, that's what we're created to do, right? Like, 
reflect, be ambassadors, all those things. That's what we're doing. We're joining in him in this moment of loving ourselves, loving other people, loving this experience, loving the things that I'm learning. Um, that's probably where that one comment, that one gal was like, I love new things. That's probably mm -hmm. why, because yeah. maybe she has figured out that secret sauce, right? <laughs> to start from that place. Mm. Maybe that is her initial first response, you know? Awesome. Love that. Love that for her. <laughs> Please share it. <laughs> some of us have to work through some other stuff, you know, before we get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing that. And I, you know, we're out of time for today, but I really want to come back to um, some things you were just starting to hit on was like this fear of failure and the identity that we wrap, mm -hmm. our, we wrap ourselves in. And that is so much um, stemming from or rooted in this failure uh, language that we have either from external or things that we've been through or, you know, whatever it is. And like handling our mistakes. Can we redefine mm. our mistakes? You know, can we be consistent when things get hard? Like how do we focus? How do we push through when we do have these traumas and we do have these things that can bog us down from really breaking free from this box and being like the woohoo, let's go moment. You know, what are those things that kind of hem us in and box us in and make us so afraid to fail? Mm. How do we clear that stuff out in becoming the who? How do we get back to the who? And, um, you know, we talk about being grace and having open handed, um, you know, hold things with kind of loose hands or open hands. Mm. And how do we redefine mistakes? So I really want to come back and dig into those things a little bit more and maybe even get a little more like practical oh yeah um you know so that we can not just think about all these cool things but like practically what can we do what can i do every morning what's some mm. kind of routine what's something i can build into my routine you know that will help me define success and then you know help me know when i'm being successful because you know Maybe we're going to define like a big success, like an end game success, and then like maybe small little things where I can have little victories on the way that are also successful so that at the end of the day, I hit my pillow and I'm, I'm proud of the day and I'm proud of what I've done. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Becoming Home podcast, where we're helping bridge generational gaps through healthy healing conversations. Hey, Joe, where can folks go to connect with you? Um, go ahead and head over to my Instagram page. You can find me at committing to change. That would be at committing underscore the number two underscore change. And you can DM me. We can have a conversation or you can just follow along on my journey. How about you, mom? Yeah, if people want to connect with me, you can get to me through my website, fullyabundantlife.com. Looking forward to seeing you all there. Let me know how we can serve you. Uh, if you have any questions about anything in our any of our episodes, we're happy to reach out to you and spend some time talking and chatting. So head on over to fullyabundantlife.com for me or Instagram for Joe. Thanks so much for being here. We can't wait to see you next time. Bye.